the Things We All Carry is a podcast about first responders and their stories surrounding trauma on the job. The intention of this podcast is to raise awareness and share meaningful conversation around the subject often viewed as taboo or simply ignored. Be aware this content may be graphic and it is real. It may not be suitable for children or adults triggered by this subject matter. I guess this episode is going to be a little different. This is an episode that I was a guest on. I decided to release this as my own episode just because of how chaotic life is right now. I'm back in Pennsylvania and as you've heard the last two weeks, uh, my mom has been in hospice and this is, this is it right now. We are down to the last few hours. So I just wanted to get on here and thank everybody for, for reaching out and the support that I'm receiving has been wonderful. Um, it's a weird time because right now I'm torn between not wanting to lose my mom, but also not wanting her to suffer anymore. And I know that for her to, to pass on, for her to die is the end of that suffering and she deserves that. So we're just trying to do it with as much dignity and grace as possible. She's surrounded by family. My, both my sisters are here with me. We, uh, we're on our around the clock vigil with her. And I know that it won't be much longer. I imagine it will be a matter of hours at this moment. So I'm going to keep this short. I'm going to thank everybody for listening. Once again, thank you for the support. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the messages. Every one of them means something to me and helps keep me going through the time. Guys, do what I said before. Reach out to your family. Reach out to your friends. Let them know what you feel. Let them know what you think. Make sure there's, there's no confusion about feelings before something happens. And then, uh, guys, get outside. Enjoy something. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy some sun. Just get out there and do something for yourselves. And with that being said, welcome to episode 89 of the things we all carry. This is a podcast I recorded with Mike Nasty of Tip of the Spear Leadership. It was episode 35 on his show, and he is gracious enough to let me use the recording as a, as a standalone episode for things we all carry. He reached out to me. He wanted to talk about mental health and how it affects leadership, especially in the fire service. And I think you can apply that to leadership in general. So hopefully what you hear is, uh, is worthwhile and interesting and, and, uh, and you can take away something from it and, and apply it to your own life. Uh, I want to thank Mike for being a friend and being, uh, being open to having me on the show and, uh, for being the guest on my show a couple of times, I guess this should technically make number three for him. So that being said, let me step out of the way. And you guys enjoy episode 89. A quick reminder to please help us build a community which not only recognizes, but supports each other through the struggles and recovery. Reach out through Instagram at the things we all carry or email my story at the things we all carry.com to offer support and share your story. Please remember to leave a review on iTunes and give a shout out to any first responder you know, love, or care about. Y'all enjoy the show. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is going to be episode number 35, the Tip of the Spear Leadership Podcast. Today, I have probably one of the most uh, influential people I have met. Uh, this man is leading the charge when it comes to awareness for mental health. And he, he's somebody as a podcaster, as a human being, as a man, as a firefighter, I really look up to. Um, he's about as sharp as they come. Um, I have Stack with me today. Stack, please, uh, please introduce everybody to well, first of all, thank you. To everyone. Excuse thank me. you for that introduction. I, I don't know if I rate that actually or not, but I appreciate it. Um, and congrats on the, on the show. It's, it's kicking ass. Good job, man. Thank you, sir. Um, well, a little bit about myself. I've, I've been in the fire department 10 years. I'm in a Northern Virginia fire department. Um, a couple of years ago, I started noticing some things about mental health and we had, um, you, you and I are both in the DMV area. So in that DMV area in one year, we had five suicides. And they range from volunteer to career to, you know, to 20 year guy to, to rookie. And I just felt like we needed to do something and to, to do something, in my opinion, was to open it up and start talking about it, expose the light on some of it. And so that's where this, my show, the things we all carry came from. And I just like to, I like to give people a space to tell their story and kind of discuss it, but also just more importantly, discuss their recovery and, and what they're doing to, to deal with the traumas and the, and the bullshit that we see in, in a, on a day-to-day basis in the job. And like I said, that's where the show was born from. And, um, I'm no mental health expert. I'm just somebody that, that basically lends an ear and gives a platform. So, I mean, the way, I mean, in my personal opinion, just from talking to you, um, I've been on your show a couple of times. Um, one of them, it was us and two other guests. Um, and we talked about, you know, just kind of problems in the fire service and one, one continual, uh, subject that came up was mental health and taking care of each other. And I think it was a very good discussion. And I think what you have going for you specifically with your show is relatability is, is, um, a connection because you're one of the guys, right? You're, 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 as you said, you're not a mental health expert and that's okay, but how many mental health experts that are truly educated, experienced and all that 20, 30 years where they're the mental health um, uh, gurus, how many of them spend any time in the firehouse riding a fire truck, know what it's like to have these really, really bad calls? Yeah, I can't, you know, I can't assess you as a, as a psychiatrist, but I know what you, I know what that feels like. You have seen me on this call with you and we've done it together and this sucks or it's great or it's fulfilling or not, I think that's where you get, why you have such a grasp and, and, and why it's something that, uh, as I said before, I really look up to uh, with you specifically. And, and I think that's very important. You know, I, I don't think that should go without being said. I, th- I think there's a grasp there in that, in that sense that I'm just one of the guys. I'm, I, I, ri- I ride a rig every day at, at work. I, I put it with the same kind of crap that, that we all do. I see the same calls. Um, it's, I'm also... And I, and I said this in my introduction yesterday for, for the show that was released today. I'm also just a flawed human being. You know, I've been through my own shit. I, I've experienced my own, my own struggles with mental health. I've sought out my own therapies and, and I've been through therapy and I continue to work on who I am and what I am. And, and, I, and I'm learning that that's a never-ending battle. So I think that, that that gives me, just being able to admit that and talk about it gives you a, a certain kind of, I don't want to say a right, but it also, it gives you kind of a, an in, put it that way. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what the relatability part is. Um, you know, you, you started a show and, and you talked about, 
you're talking about these things. Uh, it's the things we all carry and the object objectionable. The objectionable is, is the original uh, Instagram page that I started years ago just to kind of a, a to, to, to expose some of the, the crap and bullshit of leadership and, 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 and boots on the ground. So I'm glad that we, uh, we addressed that part because I personally have my show geared around leadership. You met, I know you know that, but uh, <laughs> I, I say that uh, in jest. But so the whole point of the show, this, what I do with here is, is leadership, right? And, you know, Frank Vescuzzo in his book says, um, you know, a leader, of, a leader of one can be a leader of many. If you can't lead one, you can't lead any. And what that quote means is you have to be able to lead yourself. It all starts with you. And I think that um, mental health starts with you as well. Uh, the individual firefighter or, you know, whatever rank you are, we'll say for this show, just ease a conversation. If you're not in a good space as an employee, you can't be in a good space to be a functioning member of a team. Um, and the team as individuals, if they're not sharp collectively, they can't be sharp, right? And a lot of that will come down to um, the individual, as I said, repeating myself, I apologize, but uh, the officer, um, to be able to get that 3,000 foot view, to be able to um, efficiently, in my experience, efficiently supervise, you have to be sharp, right? You know, it, being taking care of yourself first and in, on the individual level doesn't make you selfish. In my opinion, if you're not coming to work sharp, ready to go, I don't, I think you're doing a disservice for those that you lead. Of course you are. Yeah, you definitely are doing a disservice. And my experience in the firehouse that I've learned is when I have cloudy, a cloudy mind and my judgment starts to become shoddy and cloudy, people lose trust and it's going to be gone very, very fast. And it's going to be very, very difficult to get it back. And what I'm getting at is, you know, being present in the moment, having a clear mind comes from taking care of yourself outside of the firehouse, psychologically, uh, emotionally, all those things. And I'm not a big mental health guy. I, it's not something I know a ton about. I call a friend. I refer to somebody that I respect, a colleague, when I feel like I have issues that are um, creeping up on me and, and I'm not sure how to handle them or an employee that I, you know, somebody that I work with is I'm noticing things or something needs to be addressed. I, you know, I found a friend. Um, so I do feel that this discussion finds its place into my podcast specifically because I know what it's like as an officer to struggle mentally. I know what it's like to have people that I work with struggle mentally. And the whole point of what I'm making is you said you're, you know, you're a guy, you ride a rig every day. I feel more comfortable talking to you knowing you've been through some shit than I would somebody that has a degree that I don't know anything about. And I know most likely, and I could be wrong on that, but I know they don't know what I feel like because there's a, these calls that like people, I don't want to say have issues with, but where I think when PTSD starts creeping in, they have smells, they have sounds, they have tension, like palpable tension in the air. You can't mimic that. You can't explain that. But if you and I are there together, I know you know what that is. And does that make sense what I'm getting at? And I'm, I apologize for being long-winded, but I think that's that extra element. It, it, it makes sense. Um, and it's rare to find a clinician who hasn't been in our seats or in our boots and, and, and can still, can still get what we're talking about and understand and, and, and sit where we sat. You know, I have yet to, to talk to a clinician who has been a first responder, but I've spoken to a few that, that actually get it. And it's impressive to, to when they do get it, they've gotten the right training, they've spoken to the right people 
and maybe they've spent some time in a firehouse or in a police station or in a cruiser or in an engine, you know, and, and it does help. They start to learn the vernacular. They start to, to accept the dark humor. They start to, you know, not, if not accept it, then expect it and understand why it's there. Um, and that was a, that's a journey. Cause I, when I first started my therapy journey, I, I tried to find a therapist and that therapist, the first one I, I spoke to was just out there. First of all, it was on zoom and I hated zoom at the time. And, and she had no relationship to, to first responder world. So she couldn't relate to that. And then I got lucky on my second one and I found somebody in the County actually, that was really, really good and has been through a lot with us as a department. And she knew what, what we were about. And, and so finding that is the utmost importance if you're looking for that journey. Sure. And, yeah, it, it, and that relates back to you talking about leadership, because if, if you as a leader has never experienced that or never taken care of your own mental health, or you've never, you've never been touched by it in some sense, it's, it, it comes at you quick and it comes at you in such a surprise that you, you, you might not understand how to treat somebody. Sure. And, you know, I think it allows you to appreciate where they're coming from as well. And, and, you know, I think everybody kind of get at, in time or over, over time, they get lost in kind of what they have going on or, or the direction of their department. And I mean, especially nowadays, you, anyone you talk to, they're like, oh, we're, we're hitting staffing what lows and we're doing holdovers and people are getting mandatory back and I'm not seeing my kids and I'm by no means discrediting any of that, but I'm just saying, you know, everyone's kind of going through the similar problems. And I think if you don't understand what it's like to be at their level, from being a leader, you know, being an, we'll just say being an officer for right now. As an officer, if you don't understand where they're coming from, respect it, you're not going to be able to help them. And what I, what the point that I'm making with that is if you've never struggled with some type of mental health stuff, how do you truly appreciate, or how do you truly um, sympathize and, and, and empathize with a situation that somebody may be going through? Cause it's like, oh, well, you're getting called back. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like the third one you've had in two months. What's the big deal with that? Well, it is a big deal if you have X, Y, and Z outside of work going on. And it's, you're probably maintaining, but those things can be the straws that break the camel's back. And if you've ever been in the position where the camel's back was broken, okay, dude, you're going through all that. I knew what that feels like. This is what I went through. This is how I felt. This may not work for you. This is, the, this is how the department handles these situations. This is how I did it as well. And you, you add that relatability almost, and you add the, I don't want to say I've been a mile, I'm walking a mile in your shoes, but I feel like, you know, when you're able to say those things to somebody that you lead and somebody, you know, that's in, in your, um, under your com area of command, you know, if, if, the, if the boss can say, Hey man, I've been in your shoes, this isn't going to be fun. It sucks. This is what worked for me. And they can give you the, the long-term, um, how I worked out long-term as well. So they can almost see into the future of, oh, he's been in my shoes. He did X, Y, and Z over time. This happened. All right. Well, maybe that'll make me feel better. Or if, you know, and the other the flip side of that is they can tell the sincerity in your voice if you truly care. And I feel like when you sympathize with someone or you, 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 um, tell them you've been in their shoes kind of before you can't fake that, right? They can tell body language, tone of voice, mm -hmm. all that you've been there. And I mean, I, I know I've been through it before where people have helped me out with some stuff and, and I could tell the difference between the ones that were helping me like as a, as they are supposed to. And the ones that are like, shit, dude, I, I've been in your shoes. Here it is. Yeah. I, 
there were a couple of points there and, and I, I go back to, you know, know your people. Uh, and that, that is such a, it's a proactive thing. And, and if you're, if you're trying to get to know your people reactively, you're, you're already behind the eight ball and you've already lost your people. So you need to know your people before this happens. And that that's developing relationships. And that's where all this starts is, is developing that relationship, knowing, knowing your people, knowing their lives, you know, knowing what their situation is outside of the firehouse and, and knowing when something is off and knowing when it's small, because then when you can talk about the small stuff, then when the big stuff happens, it's not nearly as big. Yeah. And you all, and you can also add that relatability or not the relatability, the, uh, a mutual respect back into it as well. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I, you can't predict everything, but you know, if you work with someone for six months, could they have a career call or a, a life event? Yeah, sure. But if you will work with someone over a period of five years, those, uh, situations are much, much more. And then over time, as you said, knowing your people, you're going to know them much, much better as time goes on and, and the way situations are handled or situations that are brought to your attention at all between six months and then that five year mark, five years is just for conversation, but right. no, I get you, it. once you build trust, build relationships, mutual respect, you show that you truly care because you can do that in five years. You may not be able to do that, that great in six months. I think, you know, they'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to know them well enough to know when something's not right. You know, that big, that big 3000 foot view. It definitely takes the time. Uh, it's a rare leader that, that fits in immediately or, or not fits in, but, but starts to understand people immediately. And that, that's, that just some cases, I think you either have it or you don't have it. And that's hard to say because you, there are things you can do to, to, to learn and you can, you can increase some of that. But there's some, there's some innate people skills there that you either have it or you don't have it. Yeah. Well, you can click. Is that the right way to say that? I think there's a, a charisma, bravado. I, I'm not sure the exact word to use for that, but there's people, there's, I mean, you're just like any other people. Like, it's just like a, you know, a neighborhood. You're going to click with certain people immediately. There's people that you're not going to click with. And over time, you're going to get tight with some people. You're going to grow apart with some people. And there's people that you didn't get along with in the beginning. And now you're thick as thieves. I, and I think that's just human nature. But I do feel like, um, you know, you have the reins on that as, as the officer or as the leader. I, I think the individual has the reins on it as well. Like there's people that are just, they just attract others. That's just the way it is from their, the way they carry themselves and all that. But I think you know, you control that by your actions and, and, and how you treat people. And, and, you know, if I'm very, very respectful to you uh, individually and, you know, I take the time, not that I would go out of my way to say this, but I take the time to know if you're married, you got kids, what their names are, their sports. And then you're like, hey, you know, I'm off next week or I'm off Saturday. Kids got a ball tournament. Oh, Dave's got a ball tournament. Is he doing travel into Tennessee or are you guys staying local? You know, it's that extra stuff rather than, oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's also the foundation of that. I think it's the foundation of building those, building those, building that trust to be able to have that, that, that connection that in time will lead to, um, knowing your people, as we talked about before of, um, whether something's right, right or wrong. And then you're paying into that bank of, um, 
them being able to come to you, whether we're at that six month mark or initially, because you can, like I said, and, and, I, and I'm dragging this out a little bit, but I guess the point that I'm making is you can lay the foundation, the ground and the roadwork to have that, um, not instant connection, but you can tell fairly fast within a, we'll say a few shifts or a month or two of, you know, whether you're going to click with that person or not and whether they well, care. I know your, your own experience as a lieutenant, cause you, you, you promoted very young as a lieutenant, correct? Oh yeah. And some of that, some of that affects how you interact with the crew. I mean, if, if you're young and, and I'll, I'll use the word immature for lack of a better term, maybe. I was very immature. Then, then it's definitely going to affect the relationship. And, and when you're immature at, at any point in your career, you, you're, it's more difficult to connect with other people. It's a very sur surface kind of surface related relationship. And, and that's not going to lead well or lend well to, uh, to actually helping with any kind of mental health. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, and you brought that up and it, it kind of something popped in my head was, um, you know, you have to bridge the gap. You're never as a, as a, as an officer, as a supervisor, um, you're, you're never, you're always going to be the boss, right? That may not be the right way to say that, but, um, we'll throw out the boss versus leader, manager versus leader, throw all that away. The end of the day, you will always be quote unquote the boss, right? So you have to be able to bridge that gap with your people because yeah, they're going to be cool with you. And yeah, you guys can be tight and friends, but you're still the boss at some point. Right. Right. And you need, in my opinion, my experience, you need to create that, that separation when it comes to the workplace and calls and all that, because you, you have to be able to drop that hammer or put your foot down and they respect you and they understand that. But when it comes to, I think things with mental health or, or, you know, what, whatever, um, your situation is. You need to be able to bridge that gap to where, yeah, they know you are the boss or they know there's stuff they just don't tell you, not out of disrespect, but there's stuff you just don't tell the boss. Um, you have to be able to bridge that gap when it comes to something that you, you really need help with or you need to um, talk about or you need advice on or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? That if there's a gap there, it, it can be hard to bridge for, for a boss, quote unquote. Um, and I think that's where, you know, if on a crew and we all know who a senior man is in, or a senior person is in the, in the firehouse. And, and that's, that's probably more a position, you know, yes, it's formal, informal, whatever you want to call it. But that, that person is so in tune with, with everything that's going on. That's kind of that, that's kind of that bridge of that gap in a way. Sure. Exactly. And you want to foster that environment because, you know, you may not be comfortable coming to me telling me you have a problem with drinking or you know, you're, I don't know, whatever your problem is, you may not feel comfortable talking to your officer and that's okay too. Um, you know, I, but I do feel like, you know, the more mature you get, the more life experience you have, they will not only look up to you as look up, look to you as a quote unquote boss, but they can look up to you as, you know, somebody that's has life experience. They're mature that you can handle what they're going to come talk to you about. Because when I, I got promoted, when I was 29, 28, late 20s. Do you really think somebody that has three kids, a wife, has been married for 20 years and they're struggling with whatever it is to come talk to a 20 year old kid about anything? It's tough. They're not. But I know that when I was in my 30s and had some stuff that I needed to work through, 
I called a guy that was into his late forties, mid forties, had a kid, had a wife. And I felt like maybe he's been in my shoes with struggling before, you know, or maybe he's been in my shoes with having some issues and needs some help. Or maybe in his time of being married and, and having a kid, he's got some life experience where I felt that, um, I don't say father figure, but that, that, uh, person you could look up to just, you know, in, on a life level, um, outside of the firehouse, a life level, maybe I'll go talk to that guy. Cause if I, if I had a 20 something year old captain and I'm a lieutenant, I'll go talk to them. What do they know? Is that a bad, is that a bad way to look at it? Probably not, or probably not a great way to look at it. Excuse me. But I mean, people with life experience and time, I mean, I'm more likely to go to them than I am somebody that I don't think has it. And that's the point. You know, it's that life experiences is very important. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to talk, speak about talking in general, though, because when you're going through something and it's yours, it's your very personal journey, it's your very personal experience and, and you're, you're in turmoil of some sort, even if you know what the right things are to do, they're tough to do. And that's a that's a, that's a generality in society, especially, um, you know, especially with men, I, I don't want, like we talked about, we don't want to go down that, that route too much, but especially with men, there, there is still a stigma put upon people or men about, well, you, you kind of take care of it for yourself. You're, you're the man, you you do this, you do that. And, and I think that at some point there, a lot of us still apply that to our own lives. <clears throat> and so whether you're the best leader of, uh, of your crew that you could ever be, sometimes it's just a point where that person's just not ready to, to, to share it yet. And there's not much you can do to defeat that except for make yourself available when they are ready. Um, and that speak from my own experience, you know, we, you and I went over what I'm going through right now in my life and, and, and sure. I can, I should probably be talking to more people, but it's not easy because first of all, it's a, it's an awkward death is an awkward situation. Sure. It's, it's a, it's that, that's a huge topic to, 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 to broach with somebody. And, uh, there is that stigma is like, and this, this is going to sound really ridiculous because of the show that I do, but there's that stigma of like, well, just take care of it. You know, you'll, you'll be okay. Just motor on through. And, and it, it almost feels to me, it smacks of when I do it, it smacks of, of, I don't know, um, hypocrisy, I, I suppose. That, that, that I, I had this reluctance to talk, but we all have that reluctance to talk. And it's, it's trying to convince people to, to get over that reluctance and to, and to, to remove that stigma from your own head. Because really, to be honest, that's where that fucking stigma is. It's in your own head. People, people will listen to what you have to say. Why do you think people are reluctant when it comes to that? In general, just to talk? Yeah. Because it makes you look weak. Where... Where, where if you've ever been to therapy, you know that you're not weak to talk. You're probably even stronger to talk because it, it sure. is, it's a fucking 12 round, you know, championship fight to get into, yeah. to really do your work. It's a fight. D just making that decision to actually talk to somebody is, is huge. Actually then sitting down, talking through it and then continuing on week after week. It's, it's, it's a drag and it's a fight and it's work. Uh, I mean, I've talked to people about when I leave a therapy session, you just leave it and you feel exhausted. You're tired. You're, you're physically tired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what, though? I mean, I'm trying to get how to say this. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, that dude had the balls to say that? You know, 
Like that's, that's what remove the fire service just in general, you, you know, I mean, here's a great example. Um, Bryce Harper and the Atlanta Braves, that whole thing. I'm sure you caught up on that where the guy from Atlanta's like, Hey, add a boy Bryce. But then he went back to saying, Oh, well, I thought the clubhouse was sacred and Bryce Harper ha had this situation. He hit some bombs and, and as he rounded the routed second base, he just stared at him. And he didn't have to do that. He could have just trotted along along, like nothing happened and didn't say a word. And they're all wearing Attaboy Bryce t-shirts. He's staring them down. And he just shoved it right down his throat by blasting some home runs, looking him square in the face. He had the balls to do that. He had the courage to do that. Being outspoken should never be a bad thing. Having your actions, I don't want to say outspoken, or uh, having your, taking the obvious actions to address a problem. The sports thing was just kind of, you know, sports and it's kind of funny how they did it but it's the exact it's the exact point they had the courage to go out there and shove it right down their throat now it is philly so that's a little different but um, you know, it, but if you relate that to the firehouse and you re relate to showing a weakness or and and i use that as a term because that's what that's what can be construed as is showing a weakness and and i've already told you that i don't think that's a weakness i think that's more of a strength than anything is admitting that absolutely that you something, you're going through something and you you just need to talk or you need some help but in, in old school parlance, it's a, it's a weakness. And so there are still people in those firehouses that when you express something like that, they, they don't keep it in, in house. They don't keep it between the two of you and, and it, and it does get out and, and there, that creates more room for that hesitation and more room for the protecting your, yourself. And so you add the stigma into the old firehouse. You know, if you, if you want everybody to know, what do you do? You just tell one firefighter, right? Yep. And, and that's still true in many cases, you know, do we still, everyone still has somebody in their department that just would likes to spread and likes to talk. And so it does, it still creates a, an atmosphere where you're hesitant to talk to anybody. Sure. And, you know, here's the other thing though, too, and this is, I mean, I don't know if this is my own observation, but you know, in my own experience, stoicism can only take you so far, right? Yeah. You can go in and put on a strong face and you know, be a quote unquote, you know, hard charger, but that can only get you so far. It doesn't work. Right. In your own way, no matter how you deal with it, no matter how you, um, you know, unwind, I guess, or whatever, after your shift, that's up to you. And there's people that are okay at it. There's people that are good at it. There's people that just aren't, they, they don't understand or know how to process exactly what they're, what they're saying and saying. And, you know, I, I don't want to jinx it and knock on wood. I haven't really had a ton of issues with knowing how to do that once I figured out a good way to get it out. Once I found a good way to decompress. Right. Once I found my system, it took a while. It took 12 years of my 16 and a half year career to really, really grasp it and know I need to go do X, Y, and Z and I'll feel great. And they're healthy things. I'm not going to get into it, but it's all healthy stuff. Um, and then after that, you know, I found that one of the biggest things, and this is what I'm getting at, is detaching yourself. And don't, you know, people hate that word detaching, but I, I don't want to say I don't care. I care on a human level, but I cannot allow myself to care and personify myself or personify that situation where, you know, you have a six-year-old kid. I have a six-year-old kid. Six-year-old kid's all jacked up. I cannot allow myself to make that link. You have to just shut it off. 
And I, and I think when you're in a healthy space, you know yourself and you know how your outlets, you're able to flip that switch. And it's not because you don't care about the person sick. It's because you have to take care of yourself psychologically, mentally, emotionally, and all that to be able to move forward in your career. And I think people become uncomfortable when you're uncomfortable. So Stack, you come to me, Mike, I got some, I got some jacked up shit. Boom, 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 boom. And kind of like what we talked about before the recording. Prime example. I know what, I've been in a similar situation. I know what this is going to feel like. I immediately was ready to tell you what helped me. And I was immediately ready to say, here's my connection to you. Here it is. But I wasn't uncomfortable when you told me about it. Imagine if I was uncomfortable. You know, and, and I think that's where the problem is, is people become so uncomfortable listening to other people's issues. They don't know what to do. You know, well, I think that goes back to relatability. You know, you don't, you don't have to understand everything that someone's going through, but you have to be able, you, you have to be ready to, to relate on a human level, even if it's not to that specific topic, opening yourself up and being vulnerable as a listener is, is beyond important. And you have to be compassionate. And, and I think when you're able to be compassionate and you are able to mix in relatability, or you start off with being compassionate for their, their problem, you can be, um, you can relate to it. You can add in your experience. And then overall, you're the guy with the life experience because you have time on, you're older, you know, all that stuff. I, I think that as a package will allow that situation to be successful for the person that needs the help. And that life experience and, and that age uh, maturity level that person will know not to talk to anyone about it. That's how it doesn't start spreading around firehouses or rumors don't start or whatever you want to call it. None of that, st none of that ball starts rolling because that person understands what you're going through, what it feels like. And then they can even go above and beyond and, you know, do that whole, well, this person helped me. This is our policy and how we can do this, that, or the other. Um, here's my cell phone number. Don't ever be afraid to call me. You got it 24 seven. I don't care, you know, and, and that's, um, I think that's where people become more comfortable with getting their issues out. As, as a lieutenant, as an officer for, for you, what was the, was there any kind of mental health training? Like this is how you deal with, with not a specific situation, but in general, it, what was that training for? What or was that just on the job for you? So with me personally, I, I went through some issues, um, before I got promoted, after I got promoted, some family health stuff, and then some, some of my own issues, some stuff I just needed some help with. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, where I went through it myself, you know, I, I have friends that had a ton of problems and I kind of, you know, one of my close friends had some real bad issues. And as he worked through it, I kind of learned how our department handles things. Um, maybe not in such a great way, but I had some of that experience as a firefighter going in. And then once I became an officer, we went, we have a OCS it's officer candidate school and we have a, an employee assistance program. And one of the days during OCS, you talk to EAP employee assistance program. So they talk about who they are, what they do, and then they give you a synopsis of stuff to look for and, and, and all that. And then they kind of talk about what they're doing. So that was, I would call formal training. And then like, I work for, I work for a county government. So they send stuff out regularly for, you know, wellness and health and all that. So you kind of get little tidbits here and there. But um, one of the, I think one of the more realistic, I don't want to call it training, but situations, I guess, I don't really know how to explain it, but 
our promotional test, one of the things that you had to watch out for was a um, violence in the workplace uh, EAP situation for one of your scenarios. Well, knowing that scenario is coming in your test, what do you have to do? You have to study for it. Yeah. You know, policy or right. elite, know to throw out there what it is. And, and that was really kind of it. Um, and then, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, just like anything else, I mean, life typically teaches, life and experience typically teach you the lesson after the situation. You don't typically get it beforehand, you know? Right. Um, but the ability to then apply that to, to the next situation sure. it takes skill. Sure. And you know, the other, the other, and the flip side of that is going into a situation with an employee where they had some, uh, things that needed to be addressed on my level as an officer. And I, I didn't do a great job of it because I wasn't really sure how to handle it and navigate it. Thankfully, I was able to, uh, consult someone, get some advice, throw it up to a peer and, uh, kind of get some direction. Um, and the situation ended up working out fine and everything ended up being okay. But, you know, unfortunately, and that's something that I still keep in the back of my mind as situations develop throughout work and my travels and, you know, experiences and all that of, I didn't meet the mark as an officer when it came to somebody needing help. And that sucked. I wasn't a big fan of that. That wasn't, that wasn't much fun. I mean, I, I think you're the same way, man. I, you know, I could have done that better, this better, that better, whatever, you know, this out or the other. But that's also kind of not a great feeling either, knowing you handle the situation, you kind of got by, but shit, I need to pick it up as an officer. Oh, yeah. I think, I think that happens not just as an officer, but as a human. Yeah. Even, and, you know, I, I talk about parenting a lot, um, being, a, you know, being a father a lot. I, I think the leadership at home is similar to the leadership at work. I'm not saying people that work under your command are kids, but you know, if you know how to take care and, and love and nurture a child and, and raise them and do a good job at it, I think a lot of that translates over into work. You, you know, like I know my kid when some, I can tell when he is hungry, why he's acting that way. If he's mad, if he's upset about something, like, cause as they get older, if he comes home from school, not very happy about something, I can immediately tell from his body language. When I'm at work, if I've worked with somebody for a long time, I know them on a very personal level. When I, the second I see them, I know something's wrong. To me, they're parallel and, and, and they're um, beneficial uh, on both sides from work to home, home to work. As far as, since you asked about uh, training as an officer. Right. No. And, and that's why I was curious because I, I know a lot of departments don't have any formal training on mental health. I mean, it's, it hasn't been a, uh, it hasn't been the in subject that long. No, it hasn't. And it affects everyone a lot. And I also, I mean, I was never in the military, but I feel like the military missed the mark on what PTSD was for a very, very long time, especially from back. Like, I mean, obviously we know what it is now, but I feel like it went, I feel like I remember seeing a lot of, it went undiagnosed or diagnosed incorrectly as a, I think a traumatic brain injury or something. I can't remember what it was, but they're misdiagnosing all these issues where it's literally PTSD and there's a way to help people and fix it. Um, I think yeah. there's an education piece to that too, because some people go around that, that, that term gets thrown around quite a bit. PTSD, uh, that, that call gave, gave me PTSD, but there's very, very strict criteria for, for what qualifies as PTSD. And I don't think that's a well understood term. And then I think the one we need to pay more attention to is the PTSG, which is the post-traumatic stress growth. 
which is taking something that, that, that gave you some kind of stress. It was a trauma, taking that call, learning how to deal with it, solidifying a, a reaction and growing from it and, and, and learning how to handle those situations differently and, and in a better manner in the future. That's the important part. And that's kind of on my show. That's kind of what I want to focus on is, is how do you, how do we get, how do we grow from what we experienced? Have you experienced anything with that? Like on your show, people talking about almost that exact topic? Like oh, almost every show. And, and that's kind of what I focus, like, like I go back to saying that's the focus. I, you know, of course we got to tell the stories we had to tell, yeah. you know, we had to tell the, the traumas. And so you can kind of, okay, see where this person is coming from. And, and then I like the predominance of a show to be based on what, what are we doing now? How do, how have I changed because of this and, and how do I adapt to the, to the, to the stressors and the traumas that I'm seeing now and making sure I don't slide back into whatever it was, was my negative coping mechanism. Um, the interesting thing about the show is, is I'm today I released number 87. They're not all with, with individuals They're I mean, they're all with individuals, but they're not all about traumas and growth. Some of them are with specialists, with therapists or, um, you know, sleep experts or whatever. So there's a few in there that are, that are in there that aren't just first responders and talking about their traumas, but the ones that are every show that I listen to and I, and I do, and I, and I edit and I, and I release, I, I, I see a piece of myself in them. And that's the, that's the surprising part is how much we all relate and how much your story is my story. My story is someone else's story. And while we're all sitting here going, Jesus, I'm, I'm alone. I, I can't believe I, I saw that. And man, I really, you know, there's times where you think, oh man, I don't, I don't even want to be here anymore. And then you realize, oh, wait a second, my neighbor there, he, he, he has the same thoughts and he went through that same call and, and, and this is what he did. And, and that's, what's been the surprising part is how much I relate to each and every story. I'm the same way. I listen to your show a lot and, um, you know, you throw these clips out on Instagram and it's very, very interesting and humbling in the same time where, Again, like I said before, I'm not a mental health guy. That's not my wheelhouse when it comes to um, stuff I'm very experienced and, and uh, passionate about. Um, but I feel like every time you post something and I listen to it, I'm kind of like, hmm, I actually get that. I understand that. I know what that feels like. And they'll start, you know, there's been a few of them where they talk about some calls they see or, you know, whatever it is, uh, individual calls or ideologies or, you know, just atmospheres, I guess maybe is the right word. And I immediately can associate with something. Like, I mean, before I can even go say, wow, I, I'm in my mind, it's clicking, boom, 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 boom. I know this, 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 like, it's, it's insane um, how much I relate to some of those things that you post. And, and, you know, I just wanted to make sure I said that out loud as well on here. Um, I think your posts and your, your page are, are very good. And, and I think there's a lot of people out there that can take a lot away from them because you don't do just fire, how you do specialists and you, you do all those things. Um, so it's, it's very good stuff. And if, you know, if anybody hasn't checked it out, you need to, um, with that being said, let me ask you this and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Go for it. <laughs> You've done 87. Yeah. Today's 87. Today's 87. Um, how many officers have you had on there that talked about being able to lead their crews or how mental health has directly affected them? Um, you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't often ask a rank of people. 
and, and I've had a few officers, I've had a, a couple of battalion chiefs. Um, and when they talk about leadership, it, it is difficult because unless they're learning from their own mistakes, like I said, they're, they're, there's the only really real way to learn how to interact, not only way to, to learn, but you have to learn somewhere how to, how to deal with people and their issues. And, and a lot of it's done through mistakes. If that, it, I don't know if that answers the question or even approaches answering it. And, and I apologize if it doesn't. Uh, one thing I try not to do is, is, is say, okay, you know, you're, you're a captain or you're a lieutenant or you're just a backstep firefighter. I just, I just kind of quite often don't even, we just talk about how long you've been in a department, not your rank. Sure. No, and, and that you actually kind of hit the nail right on the head of where I was going with this. Um, the whole point is, at least in my experience is, or my, my not experience in my mind, is it, it's not about the rank. It really isn't because people are people. At the end of the day, we're, we're humans, right? Everybody wants to go to work. Everybody wants to be able to provide. Everybody wants to be healthy. And I really like the fact that you don't put ranks um, on it because it personifies, I don't know if that's the right word, personifies? It personifies the fact that, or it, it, it's on a, a, it humanizes the fact that anyone can have these issues. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, it was kind of a, I don't want to call it a loaded question, but it was a little loaded because um, I wanted to ask you specifically if you talk to officers about how they manage people. And you, you do, but you don't, and you don't formally go about it by saying, this is Lieutenant Dave. Right. How do you do that? And I think that's really good because that can remove the mask of that guy's an officer. What does he know? Right. Mm -hmm. That can take that out completely. And there's, there's a lot of stuff in the fire service now, us versus them. Leadership versus firefighters, right? It's just the way it is and it's okay. I mean, that's going to happen. I think that's just human nature. Um, and I think kind of what I want, what I was getting at with that was what are the, some of the common themes that you see from the people that you know are chiefs, officers, all that. What are the, some of the common things they talk about when it comes to like mental health or their interaction or maybe how they drop the ball and stuff with, with uh, people there. Hey guys, quick break right here just to check in and thank each of you for listening to the show. Your support has been paramount and I appreciate all of you. I have one request though. I need you to share the show with everyone you know. Help me get the word out and spread these stories as far and as wide as we can. While you're at it, please leave a review of the show wherever you happen to listen. Feel free to reach out to me at any time to share your story, to talk, or to pass on suggestions. Let's get on with the rest of the show. I think one of the, one of the common themes is, is learning how to explore a, a new dynamic. Mm -hmm. And like, like we already, we both already mentioned it early on in the show is this is a new thing. This is, this is a new phenomenon to be open and talking about mental health in the, in the, in the fire service or in first responder worlds in general. And I think that some of the, some of the, uh, and people will laugh if you know the objection, but some of the dinosaurs have never had to even think about mental health. It's not been on their, on their, on their radar because it's either, either you're, you're at work, or you're not at work. It doesn't matter what, what headspace you're at. It's just, you're either here or you're not. And so learning to navigate and understand that, that firefighters are, are, are humans who happen to be doing the job of firefighting and not just, you know, identifying, just not simply firefighters. You so taking that and putting that human aspect back into it is something that some of these guys in these leadership positions who have been in the established for 20, 30 years 
are starting to learn. And I think that's a theme that I've seen quite a bit. No, I, I totally understand that. And, you know, I think I also asked that as well, because, you know, I had, I had a call, um, that really stuck with me that happened. Jeez. Uh, seven years ago where it, it wasn't even anything like traumatic per se, but it was a fire that we went on. Everything that could go wrong on that call went wrong. I've never in my career been so embarrassed. I've never been where everything just sucked. Nothing, nothing went right. Everyone tried, but it didn't work. I flat out failed as a firefighting officer in the front seat of a fire truck on a fire. And that's something that is very difficult to even remotely say out loud. And I was able to um, admit that obviously earlier on. And it changed in my entire direction and trajectory as an officer and really got me to realize I sucked. You know, I was shitty <laughs> and I wasn't a great guy. I wasn't. Um, but being able to out loud say, instead of blaming others and saying it was that person, this person, the driver, the firefighter, the, the backstep guy, this, whoever, it doesn't matter. N it, no, it's not their fault. It was me. And I hate that I have to say that, but it is what it is. And, you know, once you, I don't want to call it rock bottom, but once you are able to actually admit that and move forward, it takes a weight off your chest. Um, and then moving forward, you know, I wish I could get that fire back and it follows me around still to this day. And people, I think mention it, um, jokingly, but it's, I mean, it's, it comes up very regularly, regularly. Um, and then as I worked through that, like if that, an address on that street came out or that street comes out at all over the radio, I feel it. Yeah. I had I had severe anxiety for the longest time of any time we got put on a box. I'm like, uh, you know, I mean, on the outside, uh, I didn't, I didn't portray that. I didn't allow that to come out. But in my mind, I'm going a thousand miles an hour because my ego got crushed. My, my, um, confidence was absolutely trashed and it, it took a couple fires, one of them on the same street that went very, very well for me to bring it back up but still to this day you know I have to work on taking a breath I know my job my guys are sharp as razors but I mean this is seven years ago and I'm still dealing with this on the regular at work it pops in my mind once or twice a shift and it's not fun it's not the end of the world right. but you know I know I've been through that. And the call really wasn't that bad. A couple people got hurt, nothing too, too serious. Um, and I can't really get into too many details, but the long story short is, you know, all, all the onus of that is on me, unfortunately. And that's something that I've, I've, I've had to carry with me for a long time. And it's not bad. It's just, again, and I hate to repeat myself, it's just something that it just sticks and sticks like it doesn't go away um and it's tough it's not fun and it, it's, yeah. it's embarrassing at times i think that we all have those calls and and of course that's the premise of the whole show that the, the things that we all care we all have those calls that stick with us and and it's how you process through those calls and grow as a as a firefighter as a leader as an individual as a or as a dad or, or whatever it is it's all about how you grow 
from that experience and, and, and then being, being able to, to pass that along. Yeah. And you know, and I, I feel like I've grown, I, I feel like it's, I've moved in the right direction and I feel like it made me realize that, you know, yeah, you recovered from it, but you ain't done yet. You still got work to do and you need to, um, be humble because yeah, you did great on this fire, but remember that, remember that one time you did really, really shitty. Yeah. This is, this feels cool. This looks great. You, you guys knocked it out of the park. You should feel good as an officer. But in my mind, in the back of my head, always looms of, well, there was that one call, you know, yeah. and, and I'm not negative about it. I'm not like dwelling on it like, woe is me, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there and a lot of people listening where I feel like they may have been in my shoes. I, it, someone out there has to have been in my shoes, you know, and, and I feel like being able to admit that and say it, um, you know, maybe somebody else can understand that. It sucks. And it's funny that you say, you know, yeah, I feel like there's someone else that's been in my shoes. And that, that's a theme that runs through my guest right there is I, I get people that reach out to me and they send me, they send me Instagram messages or emails or whatever. And, and one of the first lines in those messages goes along the lines of, uh, if there's one person I can help. And, yeah. and I hear that quite a bit. They, they, sure. they, they don't think the masses will relate to their story, but if that they say, if there's only, if there's one person I can help, the, the fact of the matter is these stories help everybody. If you really listen to them and take away what you should take away from them, these, these stories will help everybody because we've all been in similar situations or identical situations and we all react differently and we all take something away from it differently. And so, uh, it, that's the theme I hear is, is if one person can, can learn something or be affected by it, I'll tell my story. Sure. And you know, I think that's all, I think that's, Again, that humanizing factor. And it's very interesting the way you said that because, I mean, I listen to podcasts and all this other stuff and there's so many times where I'm like, damn, I know that, you know, I relate to so much stuff, but I never tell them. I don't reach out to a podcast that I listen to and say, hey, this, you know, that's me. I just, I did, just didn't really do that. So that makes me kind of think, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that'll hear stuff that they may not give you the feedback, but that doesn't mean you didn't make an impact. That doesn't mean right. that you didn't, um, they didn't relate to it in some way. I find I get feedback at weird times and this is <laughs> a little bit of a tangent. I, I, I you know, I've been doing this show for, like I said, 87 episodes and, and it's roughly a year and a half now. And, and I, I started on the fly and I learned on the fly and, and, and this has been a, this has been a strange journey trying to learn how to do this. And, and, and I'm not the, I'm not the type of person that markets myself well, as, as you know, and, and TJ yells at both of us about, um, yeah. Shout out to TJ. I hate to boost his ego even more. Um, oh, it's but, a good ego. I think he's a humble guy, but. But, um, you know, I, I'm not, it's something I've learned on the fly and now I've lost my train of thought here. Um, sorry. Dang it. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. Um, tangent for, uh, people not being that great of marketing yourself. Yeah, no, it's not coming, but you're going to have to edit this shit out now, man. Uh, no, no, it's staying. I think where I think you I think where you're going was, and maybe this will jar it a little bit. And I apologize for breaking your train of thought, but um, not marketing yourself and getting weird feedback at diff, at different yep, times. Yep. No, you got me. Perfect. Um, so what I was going to say is is there are times where I where I think to myself, man, I just there's a lot going into the show, and you know the feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot that goes into to recording, editing producing for lack of a better word, and then releasing the show and to do it on a week to week basis starts to get tiring. And there are times where I think, man, I, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm done with it. I think this is the time for me to say, 
audio and step away and do something different. And then I get a message. It's like, man, that show, what you just did for me there. And, and it just, it, it blows me away that people still, it, it define, they find these times where they reach out and they say, thank you. And I, and it's just enough to go, okay, let's do it. Let's do some more shows, you know? And it just, it just keeps going. And so when I hear that, it makes it all worth it. And so it, it's weird that timing, there's a weird timing that people have, and I don't understand where it comes from. Um, I don't, don't believe in higher powers. So this, that you had to juxtapose, I had to figure out how it's happening, but it does happen. And, and it's, it's crazy how it happens. Yeah. The, the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> the metaverse has a way. Um, yeah, no, I totally understand that there. I mean, you know, and, and you, you know, kind of my story and my, my, uh, genesis of where this came from it, to me it's the, it can be therapeutic I, I think um taking a brain dump from my mind into this and getting stuff out of my mind off my chest onto instagram and posts and all this stuff a lot of it is very very difficult lessons and, and, and embarrassing days and frustrating shifts and 24 hours that feels like it's 48 hours <laughs> we've all been you, there been all been there but I, i'm and I say this a lot, and this is something else that I need to make sure I say and get it out there uh, clearly is leadership specifically, and I think this whole podcasting thing, since we're on the topic, um, I have never in my life, my professional life felt so rewarded and felt like I actually make a difference for someone as I do at work as a officer and as a leader. And, you know, as a firefighter, you can be there, you can kind of do this different stuff for your guys. But I feel like, you know, having a situation drop in your lap and saying, I'm going to fix it. I know I can fix this right now. This is in my wheelhouse to handle. And then, bam, you drop a hammer and handle that. That's a very rewarding feeling. And podcasting. There's a lot of time. I mean, I, I don't want to say I get a lot of criticism, but um, I, think I, I think criticism comes Anytime you put yourself out there, especially on the internet and writing, because you know, as well as I do, just like this podcast, it's all ink. It's all out there forever. Mm -hmm. um, it's not fun when people come back and they're like, well, why are you saying all those things? Or, you know, when you put yourself out there, you're just, you're opening yourself up for critique and personal, people's personal opinions. Oh yeah. Um, and it, and it, and it sucks. And, and I gotta tell you, I've had you know, people intentionally, um, you know, go out of their way to say, Hey, this made a difference for me. Hey, I'm promoting next month. I've been listening to your show all year. Thank God I found your show, you know, and I, and it, I'm not trying to do that to, you know, fluff my ego or anything like that, but I didn't expect that. And I was at a lull in, a lull in this whole thing because I felt like I was getting a bunch of grief for stuff that kind of was messed up in my opinion, kind of getting a bunch of shit. Um, I don't want to say online from haters, but from people that I think don't really particularly like my show. Yeah. Um, it, it, they're out there uh, in, in a very weird form. And, you know, I've had some very interesting messages to say the least. Uh, all of course are from, you know, anonymous pages or pages that have no substance or value to it. So clearly they're fake and they're intentionally going out of their way to hide who they are, which, right. you know, immediately... I don't give a shit what you have to say, but not you, but someone like that. No, I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, the good things come, you know, there's people out there saying those really, really good things. And, and 
you know, the way I look at it is if I can grasp one person and help them make a change, or maybe if they were a shitty officer, a shitty leader, a shitty person like I was in the past, um, and they can, you know, kind of right the ship. And I mean, that's my job, like, you know, mission complete. Right. Um, I think you know, on that subject, I think, uh, um, have you ever listened to behind the shield? James Gearing down, he, he's a, he's behind the shield 911, I believe. Um, James, James has been going, he's got almost 900 episodes now, I believe. Good Lord. Um, he and I sat down last summer at his place in Ocala in Florida and I interviewed him and, and the, the term that always comes to mind and, and it stuck with me since he and I spoke is he was a firefighter in, in Florida and, and he was on a, I, I don't, I think it was a lift assist at two in the morning. We've all been there. Right. Sure. And, and he, he was thinking, he's thinking to himself, what the hell am I doing? I, I'm, I'm losing sleep. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. This job is driving me crazy. And not so much those words, but that's the gist of it. And then he thought to himself, I, you know, I've got thousands of listeners on, on, on this podcast and I'm making a difference there. And the word, the term he used was force multiplier. And that stuck with me. The show is a force multiplier for what you're trying to do. You're trying to do it at work on a, on a small scale to the, to the five, six, seven, ten people that might be working for you, quote unquote. But, on, but in this metaverse, as you said, you're, you're doing it to thousands of people at a time. And so that that's your force multiplier. And that's where that sure. comes from. That's where that feeling of that helped more than just five people. That force multiplier is, is, is so important. It, it, it will keep you going through the, through the downtimes. Yeah. You know, it makes the downtimes a little bit better too. So like, you know, I don't directly correlate posts to situations, but if I go through something, I'll wait a little bit, I'll digest it. I'll go write some notes about it. And then eventually at some point it could become a post. And I think that's my way of therapy, maybe not my therapeutic way of handling the downtimes or the low, mm -hmm. the lows, the, 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 the valleys instead of the peaks, right? You know, it sucks to have things happen that you make mistakes on or, you know, or whatever it is. And then, you know, for me to be able to go, you know what, I just screwed this up. This was a problem for me. Let me write this down. I'm going to throw it out on the internet. And there's been a lot of times where I get messages about posts that I make. They're like, hey, man, I've been in that. I've, you know, thank God you made this post or thank you for making this post. Actually, I'm just gonna... thank you for making this post on this date. And I'm not going to say the date because I'm just going to kind of let it be there. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that I recently dealt with. And it's, to be honest with you, it's not much fun. However, knowing that I'm not the only one that has screwed this up, it makes me feel better. Thank you for making this post. It really hit me in a time that I needed it. Yeah. And that's a random dude that I don't know who he is. I messaged yeah. him back and said, Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. But, or, um, you know, Hey, you know, him, him and I jived a little bit about what, what the thing was. I threw some, threw some advice to him and, you know, maybe he'll message me back. I mean, yeah. And, and, and that's so valuable. It's, it's what keeps you going in, in, in what, what you're doing. Sure. And there's been also been times where, again, you know, if I have some mental health stuff or stuff like that, I come to you. You know, I'm like, hey, man, what do you think about this? Or, you know, the group text that we have, hey, what do you guys think about this? You know, not because I can't make a decision. Or I don't know what I'm doing. It's because right. I have a network. You know, if, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I think that network is incredibly important. And, you know, I, I like to build a network. And, and that's why I make posts on my personal experience. And quite frankly, it gets, gets everything out from being bottled up inside where I feel like I can't, where it all becomes too much. It's like, you know, you're venting really is what is, I don't want to say what it is, but it, you're venting and it keeps the BS from building up to where you, you have a boil over. 
Well, that goes right back to what we discussed before you hit record and and the fact that, you know, we, we, we're, we're lucky we've created platforms for ourselves, whether it's whether how, how large or small the platform is, we we have created a platform for ourselves and, and we can choose what we say and what we put out and, and, and what we present to people. And, you know, I, I haven't sat down in front of a microphone and, and, and shared a ton of my personal story. And I, I, it, it kind of is like, you know, the old Jiffy pop, right? You know, where the popcorn is in the tin and it just yep. pop and it starts to pop. It's kind of what I've done throughout this 87 episodes or 80, whatever episodes. And, and I've given nuggets here and there. Um, and then yesterday I sit down to, to record my intro for, for the show today. And instead of, instead of writing out these notes and, and, and knowing exactly what I wanted to say, I just knew I wanted to talk a little bit about my personal life. And so I just sat down with a microphone and, and extemporaneously just started talking and did just lit some stuff out. And you and I talked about that and you were, and you were saying, yeah, keep doing that, keep doing that. And, and that's something that, that that's an avenue I need to explore more of and, and do more of. And even if it's not to share with people, it's just to get it out. And I think that's the same thing of what you're saying It's it's sometimes it's not to share. Sometimes it's just to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and we'll, t- I mean, since we're on that topic where we're at, um, I do that a lot. Um, even the stuff that I'm not very happy about, like if I really screw something up at work and there's something that really bugs me that I did or, or a, a situation that played out, I'll talk about it out loud. And, and, and I think, I think doing that allows you, as you talk through it, you stop making up your own narrative of what happened. You stop lying to yourself. And then you can, once you say something out loud, that's bothering you or that you're holding in, like, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm addicted to pain medicine. Once you say that out loud and then you hear your voice saying that or, you know, or whatever the situation is, I think that adds much more of a reality than anything. And I think what I realized was, and you probably do this as well. I think anyone may do this. When you don't hold back and you just say what comes to mind, you make comes to your mind whatever um once you say those things you could go for 15 20 30 minutes you may not remember what you said but when you record all of it then you go back and listen to everything you're like holy crap yeah and then it's real because no one said it you said it and you recorded it i woke up this morning thinking oh man i really put that shit out there okay well this will be interesting buckle up hang on (laughs) here we go um so you know stack I, i think this is good this is a a good place to us uh, to start wrapping this up. I think yeah, that last that last point I think is a a good place to end this on because of how important it is. I think you need to be able to um, admit to yourself when you need help. I think you need to be able to be truthful with yourself if you're ever going to move through anything. And as a leader, and that's the goal of this show is how to tie this into leadership, right? Mm. As a leader, you have to be able to admit or to be able to take care of yourself. You are number one. And I'm not saying that as no other people are not important. You are number one as in you have to be sharp to be able to help those that can't help themselves. That's our job as leaders. That's our job as human beings. Um, and I feel like as a man, um, my job is to take care of my family, provide and protect. That's just me. Other people don't have to agree with that. That's my personal opinion. And if you, you know, if there's people out there that are listening and you disagree, that's okay. I respect it, <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. And 
the point of the reason why I say that is because when you're a strong leader at home, you can be a strong leader at work. And when you have the ability, as we talked about before, to care for those at home, observe, you know, decide on how to handle situations. If you're able to do that at home, you can do that at work. There's corollaries to all of it. Um, I think that the sharper you are in your own mind, the sharper you can be and have mental clarity to make decisions on fires, to lead your guys into situations. And when they truly trust you, you can go into those fires that look absolutely terrible. You can go into those medicals that are going to be very, very difficult on your mental status. And, you know, together, you know, you guys can, can work through it together. And, and, you know, as the leader, um, you're going to be able to lead the way because you're going to be of sound mind and body. I think um, it goes back to the old saying, and it works for fryers or, or whatever, but I think it works for mental health as well. And, and it's the, as cliche as it sounds, and, and we all say it once in a while, would you want you rescuing you? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, don't go anywhere real quick. I'm going to close this out for a second. I have something I, I kind of put together. I wanted to, I wanted to read real quick. Um, it's something that I sat down and thought about when it came to struggling with different things. I had some struggles when I was younger and, and I worked through them and it wasn't easy, but I had a lot of really good people helping me. Um, and specifically a lot of it was, um, one particular person that is an officer. And that person made a huge difference in my life. And I feel like if I could push this message off to others, maybe they can help someone that needs help in their lives. So, um, you know, regardless of what's going on, people struggle. And just, you know, most of all, if you're struggling, you're out there and things feel like they can't get any worse, they can't get any better, just remember that you're worth it. Be yourself. Be yourself unapologetically. Be proud of the person you see in the mirror. Most things in life are out of your control. They may not go the way you want. They may not go, they not, may not be able to fix in a day, in a week, in a year. Most of all, you have to keep going. There's a reason for you to be here. There's a reason for you to fight for things. If you're struggling, talk and get help. Don't, under, don't underestimate the effect, on, the, effect of the, the effect on the world of your absence in it. Um, you know, just be in competition with yourself, with no one else, you know, no matter what goes on outside in the world, you are always the number one and you're needed in the world. So if you're struggling, get some help. Um, if you need to talk, reach out, talk to someone, you know, each, everyone should be able to, uh, step up in their lives and step up in their professional lives. But as you step up in life, pull someone up with you, I guess is kind of what I was getting at. So. That's from my own mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on that note, if, if anybody needs to reach out and, and get some resources or just bounce ideas off of somebody, you can always reach out to me on Instagram or, or through the, the show email or, and, and, um, I'm actually pretty free and e easy with my, my number and, and I'm, I'm always open to talking to somebody. Excellent. Excellent. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? We didn't touch on or anything else you feel like you wanted to get out to, uh, listeners of. Um, your show, uh, who, you know, who you are and, and kind of like, you know, anything pertaining to what you, what you do with your podcast? No, I, I think that, um, if, if any of your listeners haven't listened to the show, go check it out. There's uh, you know, you can pick wherever you want to start. There's, it's not linear. So you can start, you can start now and go back, or you can, you can just start listening in the future. Um, my show is just about telling a story relating to everybody else and, and then trying to find a path forward for everybody. Um, you can find me on Instagram, the things we all carry. 
and at the things we all carry. You can find um, at the objectionables as well. Um, that's a different different kind of page, but it was right now it's the same kind of content. Um, and then the things we all carry dot com for the show. So excellent, excellent. And uh, we'll add all the, we'll add all that into the episode description. Um, Stack, thanks again, man. I, I greatly appreciate your time. This was um, this was a very good very good discussion. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. I uh, let's do it again. Absolutely, no problem at all. So, hang tight, real quick. Um, everybody, again, as I said before, thank you, um, thank you for your continuing uh, listening. I don't know how to say that, but thanks for listening. Thank leave you. us a review. <laughs> leave, leave us a review. Um, five stars are our favorite. Helps us grow the show and grows podcast. Uh, most of all, again, as I said before, if you need some help, you're struggling in any way, please reach out, find some help, get some help. We'll have some links that stack has as far as resources as well um and you know the tip of the spear leadership be present be yourself be unstoppable thank you guys and have a great day oh socks Thanks for listening to another episode of The Things We All Carry. Head over to the website, thethingsweallcarry.com for show notes, resources, and to sign up for the newsletter. Until next week, take care of yourselves and remember to check in on each other.